Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of Points and Penalties. We want to remind you to please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. My name is Pete, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse and Kevin. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'm having myself a Huron Street Hefeweizen. It is uh, brewed in New Hamburg, Ontario, and it's a 5.5. Jesse, what are you drinking? Nice. I am drinking, it's called Octopus Wants to Fight. It's from Great Lakes Brewery, and it's IPA. Nice, strong beer. Back at it again, boys, at a 6.2. It's one of my favorites. Been saving it for a while. Peter, what are you drinking? Thanks, Jesse. I'm drinking a Black Oak Brewing Company Nut Brown Ale. It's 5% Nut Brown Ale, like it says. And I got it because it reminded me of a uh, Naramata Nut Brown Ale I used to drink all the time when I was living in uh, Penticton, BC. So it seemed like a good choice to announce it so far. A Nut Brown? Nut Brown, yeah. Hmm. It's good. Give it a try. Sounds kind of tasty, <laughs> I suppose. It is. It's flavorful, smooth, you know? Well, you know what's not smooth in the, is what's happening in the NFL, boys. Juwan, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Juwan James uh, ended up tearing his Achilles uh, working out outside the club facility. And a memo came out that Broncos don't have to pay Juwan James's injury this year at all. His guaranteed money for $10 million is not guaranteed at all. This is because it's considered a non-football injury reasoning of this is because it wasn't done at the club facility now there's been quite an outpour or outcry more or less of what's going on here because that's an injury obviously and everyone's not participating in the virtual activities or some teams are i mean sorry some teams are but not all of them are and people are are really against it because of the COVID 19 and everything like that so there's been a lot of uh, players that don't understand how this is not a football injury because the coaches are asking you to work out, but they want you to come in to do it. Juwan James was a guy that sat out during COVID-19. I don't know what the reasoning was. Maybe he has like, he's at like high risk or something like that. Maybe is why the reason why he had sat out and yeah. So Broncos don't have to pay his 10 million guaranteed. Now, is this, is this something that is like a, in their contract stating that if you're going to use your workout facilities, you have to use your, the team's facility so it's in the collective bargaining agreement that they have to be working out at the team facilities so it isn't so it isn't a contract so because he did that then that makes sense but that was for the whole 10 years from 2011 and everything like that yeah like i think it's it's kind of garbage that during a pandemic the guy decides to work out from home instead of at the team facility which makes sense. Well, that was all it was last year was you couldn't go to the team facility. You had to work out uh, on your own because no one knew what was going on. Right. But then it's going to cost the guy $10 million because it's a non-football related injury. That's That seems like fucking garbage to me. Yeah, it's it's quite the loophole. And like it's funny that the NFL put this memo out saying to the Broncos. Now, I haven't heard if the Broncos are going to go by this. They can still pay him his $10 million guaranteed because he's, he's done for the year. His Achilles is gone, so he's got. He won't. He won't be back. It'll be until the next year. It's crazy because like everyone is wondering what's going on and everything like that on the new collective bargain agreement, which is happening at the end of this year, which could change a lot of a lot. What's going to happen then that they're bringing this up? Because this will definitely probably be in it. Yeah, 
I mean, I think it's safe to say that this will be a point of discussion for sure. Now it's extenuating circumstances, obviously, because it's a pandemic and maybe the rule makes sense in non-pandemic times, but I think some sort of leeway has to be made for when... Well, if the guys, if the guys are high, high risk, I mean, let's look uh, what uh, Max Domi. I, I don't know if he's high risk. Just, I don't know. I, oh, okay. I couldn't figure out what the reasoning why, but he was not in last year's season. He, he opted out. Okay. Well, even if he was a high risk, I was just saying, I mean, like a Ty Domi, say, for example, like hockey, I know it's not the same as football, but I mean, he's a very high risk because he's di- he's diabetic. Now, if this would have happened, say Ty Domi's working on the outside, I think he would still get paid his money if he got injured while working out in place. Maybe. I don't know the rules of the NHL. They might have something that stipulates that you have to be at the team facility. Because the whole, I think the whole reason is when they're at the team facility is they got uh, trainers there to watch out for you when you're doing something incorrect. So he could have been doing something uh, yeah. that working out the way you're not supposed to. He's gotcha. losing too much weight or by himself or or whatever it be. No spotters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like he could have been doing something that in front of a trainer and they would have been like, hells no, you're not doing that. Right. So he didn't get paid last year because he opted out, right? So he's going to go another year without being paid. And it was a big contract. And he's not a bad player. This is the second injury too. He had an injury in 2019 with the meniscus tear as well. Wow. So he might be done football now. Injury prone. It would seem so. Yeah. I mean, that's a real shitty way to lose $10 million, especially if it might be season ending you know might be the might be the last money you're making from the nfl that's a shitty way to go i don't understand why they just don't do all virtual again like it worked this year there was a lot of soft tissue injuries in the beginning but soft tissue injuries can heal over time like yeah some star players miss a few couple weeks not getting into football shape what we've been seeing especially the rams have been setting a precedent of this is don't start your starters in the preseason just have them do run-throughs and everything like that. Like they want to eliminate the preseasons and stuff like that. So Tom Brady says there's no, well, he says no fucking pro baseball player throwing 95 miles per hour in mid-December, right? So like, why are these guys like getting ready right now? Like the season just ended at the beginning of the year, right? They still got all summer. They got mandatory mini camp. They got OTAs still coming up. This is all volunteer stuff right now. Are you saying to them, don't work out until OTAs? Because there's been a few few players, like I think it was Eddie Lacy that showed up training camp and he was a big fat fatty then (laughs) he had some conditioning problems and stuff like that (laughs) but there's been a few other guys too like even when um jim johnson took over uh dallas he said that all the college players were all that they drafted were all ready to go and then all the veterans returning were all had to get into football shape and stop drinking as much and eating whatever they felt like (laughs) i i just i think it's kind of ridiculous to what's going on here but they should pay them. Yeah, the man definitely should pay the guy. If they don't, and I'm him, I'm definitely going, I don't know if his contract's up, but if I'm a free agent. Yeah, he is a free agent. I'd be going somewhere else for sure. Kevin said he, he's he's got a label of injury prone now. Yeah. He hasn't played in three years almost. I know a league that would take him. What league would that be? I don't want to throw a the name that I think it is, but uh, the CFL. You think it's coming back? <laughs> <laughs> they, they did their draft. Yeah, that, that one's going to be hurting. I haven't read anything or heard anything. Are they starting up this year? I don't I don't watch it anyways either, but I don't know. I really don't care if they do or don't. Yeah, huge pay cut for them too, obviously. Oh, yeah. $10 million, you'll be making like maybe 200000 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least he's still playing football. Yeah. A 
lot of those guys get paid less than a hundred thousand a year. Well, how many NFLers that you can call that you can rename or name that's gone there so far? I got a few. There's a few, but it's not like it, what it used to be. Like uh, a lot of talent doesn't slip to the cracks like they used to. There's no Doug Flutie anymore. Ucho Cinco went to the CFL. Williams Williams went to the NFL or CFL. I didn't know Ocho Cinco was in the CFL. Was that after his NFL career? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That was why I don't I didn't pay attention. It just makes me laugh. What do you guys think about Aaron Rodgers going to Miami? Oh, that would be that would be hilarious. That's what I'm reading now is he might go to Miami because he he'd rather retire than play for <laughs> I don't blame him. Miami has a team now. They have a decent team. And like Tua did pretty good like uh winning wise but his statistics weren't like he's got to have like a he'll have a better year next year is the coming out party i'm sure he'll i still have faith that he's gonna be pretty good i think a.a ron can help uh the rookie quarterback there then um Fitz he's, not could. A, he's not a rookie anymore. oh whatever <laughs> i still call him a rook rook but i mean like i think a.a uh, ron can help him more than fitzpatrick could have i mean even though Fitz, fitzpatrick's no longer there too but fitzpatrick was doing well there he was yeah, I feel like Rogers still has a lot of life left too. Like if he goes to Miami, I don't know if Tua's playing for a number of years. I can't remember how many years he's left on his contract. I think it's like two or something like that. But uh, yeah, he'll be there for a year or so, and then maybe like he'll build. He's built like Tom Brady. He like we talked. I talked about this last week. He's just as athletic as Tom Brady is at this age, which most quarterbacks their arm starts giving up and they aren't taking care of themselves as well as they used to body starts giving out just look at breeze like he was he wasn't able to throw the ball downfield at all in the last two years he still was productive yeah super productive but he that's a huge element that he lost but rogers arm is not slowing down he's still got a gun and he can still whip it out there he's got the the best hell marys he can possibly throw exactly well Kyler murray might be going against him soon Uh, he's uh had that huge one against buffalo (laughs) That was awesome. <laughs> and then uh, the last thing that I got here, it was a slow week in the NFL after the draft, was uh, Zach Ertz. We talked about how the Eagles have one of the biggest dead caps ever this year. And it'd be adding to the bill with uh, another $7.76 million if they cut him. So they're really trying to trade him. I heard over the draft that they were, they were trying to get rid of him in almost every round just trying to get them out of there just so that they have a little bit of breathing room. They're under the cap right now, but they want a little bit more breathing room and this would free up 4 million. So it's worth it right now because they're so close to the cap. So it makes sense to trade it, but they're pretty much going to be trading for a seventh rounder probably. And I still think Ertz was, was pretty bad last year, but Wentz was horrible and Jalen Hurts was just, it was a rookie. I think the Eagles are, are good with him this year if they keep him and they're, they're good if they get rid of him too. I'm on the fence about this. I would think, that Ertz would want to stay one more year there because he's done after this year because the, the the rest of his contract, the two years, is voided after this year. Unrestricted. Unrestricted. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they're just trying to get rid of him to save some, uh, some money. But, yeah, let's see if they can move him. Like you said, they're not going to get much for him. But if not, we might see him get cut. So some other exciting news that happened in baseball was another no-hitters that happened. This week was uh, John Means' near-perfect game, ruined by a wild pitch, which we will discuss in my penalty box because I don't think it was one. It says first no-hitter since uh, 1991. I think, don't know if that was the individual one because I know uh, the Orioles had 
had a no hitter for as a team, but they had four pitchers go into it doing a yeah. no hitter. Yeah. I can't remember the year or anything like that, or I can't remember the person. It's like a dual, I guess, considered no hitter. It was four pitchers, man. Yeah, that's still no hitters and no hitter. I mean, I'm sure all four names are put on a, a plaque. Yeah, somewhere. but this was the first individual effort. Nice. It's a lot harder to do it as one pitcher playing the entire game. Oh, yeah. That's a much bigger achievement than a team no hitter, which is still great, obviously. But yeah. Plus being a near perfect game, like you got the necessary twenty seven outs in twenty seven batters. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. Well, as you said though, Jesse, there's there has been a quite a bit of uh teams so far that's done no hitters. I believe there's four of them. And out of the four teams that have done it, they've all been in the American League. Parks. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, or wait, 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 wait. Joe Musgrove did it. I can't remember who he did it against though. Well, good job. I, maybe you're right. Yeah, I, I'm not going to challenge you on that. I just know I was trying to think of the other guy that did it. What about uh, Madison Bumgarner then? They all had him out of the American League, out of the American League parks. Yeah, but do you count the Madison Bumgarner as a no hitter? I don't know. He went seven innings. It was, a, it was just a seven inning. No, doesn't count. Doesn't count. <laughs> I would, well, if it's only gone seven innings, no, I wouldn't count that as a. It was a complete game. No, doesn't count. Just just right out there. It doesn't count. Got to be a nine-inning game. Yeah. Well, the Jays this week went three and three, two and two versus Oakland, and then one and one versus Houston they play today. Now, one of that uh, Houston games with Toronto, they, they Toronto lost 10 to two, right? Okay. Now, I, I know Houston has a record of um, having fans banging on stuff to cheat. This one, though, they didn't need to cheat because they had the back catcher, Jansen, from the Jays, telling them where the pitches were going. The guy was setting his spot before the pitcher was even ready to throw the damn ball. So these cat, the batters are just basically saying, okay, it's coming inside. Okay. It's going outside. It's going high. It's going low. The, the, he was tipping off the pitches before the pitcher was even throwing the ball. Kudos to them on not cheating, but cheating to win. Okay. But how did he know? Like, like, like on a jumbotron or something like that. No, man. If you under your peripheral vision, if you're sitting there watching that back catcher and he's sitting there telling you to go down to the right side of the plate and then sets up to the right side of that plate before the pitch is even thrown, you got two options. He's either coming with a fastball or a slider. It's coming inside. It's just that he was setting them all up. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But the second game, the second game, though, he was confusing the shit out of them because he was looking like he was setting up low, but then going up high. Mm. It's the old bait and switch. <laughs> yes, because he knew what he did was was uh, he, he he fucked up huge. So this is just purely out of observation because there's a lot of catchers that do set up before the pitch is thrown. After the, they decide the pitch, then they st- they move to that location. I, I just think he helped them. He helped them on the ten runs. Don't, I don't think Johnson should be back there. You put someone else back there. Don't want him. He's definitely pretty good defensively, and he does usually call a pretty good game. He could have just had an off game. That off game is pretty shitty. They sit there and have a, a cheating team again, not cheat, but cheat to win. I wouldn't say that's cheating. And I don't like, I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't watch the game, but I didn't think that I see catchers set up for the pitch all the time. Well, go through that game one more time. Go through that game one more time and see how badly it was. Usually the catchers set up, obviously, just before the pitch is. Right, just before the pitch is being released, not setting up, like giving you your sign, the fastball, and then you're going to sit there and set up for it right away. So uh, someone's on first. The, the pitcher's looking at him and everything like that. If you throw the ball 
or you have to wait for the ball to come in. So he has to trick the runner as well. Cause if he sees the catcher set set up, he knows that he's about to throw the pitch. So that's why the catcher is set up at that point when there's runners on base. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying this guy, they get a lot of them are on base. If you saw one of the home runs that the, the Houston hit, that ball was about two feet off the plate, but because he was set up there waiting for that pitch, the guy just crushed it. I doubt it was two feet off the plate. <laughs> oh, whatever, man. Okay. A foot off the plate over exaggeration, man. I'm saying, but, but at the same time, if it, if he hits, if it's out of the strike zone and the because he knew it was a fastball coming just for where, where he was setting up on the, on the, on the plate. He knew. He knew it was a high pitch. You okay, a high pitch, but you won't know it's a fastball. The commentator guy says if you're setting up in spots like this, you basically only have two pitches that are coming at you: a slider or a fastball. So he knows one of them is going to be coming. It's either those two pitches that are coming at you. So there's this batter's already ready for both those pitches. It's just a matter of when he sees the ball come out of the pitcher's hand, he knows what he, he knows what's coming. Or maybe he did his homework and saw that. Yeah, and his homework was Jansen at the back of the fucking plate. You're saying Jensen did his homework for him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Carry on. That, that's my random right. Jensen. Clear, That's my random Jensen. You have whatever you have. On that game? Jensen. Damn right I, I do. I've, I've, I've already given my piece about him. I don't think he's a good catcher offensively, but defensively he's all right. Yeah, so second AL East after Saturday night, three games behind Boston. And it's confirmed that Pearson is pitching today. I thought so. I, I that's what I thought too. I saw it on Twitter there. Yeah, so we can't switch Jansen out because Alejandro Kirk yep. is uh, hurt with Springer again. Sixty day, yeah. Uh, Sixty IL there. That's uh, that's no good. I wonder if it was the way that uh, Josh was saying, the way that he sits, sets up, and everything like that. Might have hurt his 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 flexor. <laughs> Yeah, he's a big boy. He can uh, hurt himself easily. It sucks, but because he was lighting it up compared yeah. to Jansen, at least yeah. offensively. No, it says Nate, Pil- Nate Pearson will start on Sunday versus Astros, so he is starting. Oh, there we go. So hopefully he doesn't end on the DL. Uh, DL- All right, it's not called the DL anymore. It's called the IL now. Uh, hopefully he doesn't doesn't end up there with Springer and Kirk. And I guess it's uh, top of the fifth right now. Houston's winning 7-4. Uh, fuck. So the all-time hit list, Miguel Cabrera hits number 2,874. That's his babe for 45th all-time. That's the babe. Yep. It's crazy that we were like, they, they still talk about him being the greatest, but he never even got to 3,000 hits and stuff like that. Hey, man, if you're, you know, you saw, if you saw the babe play baseball, you know, the guy was an absolute fucking goat, so. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because look at it, like Pujols, the guy that is active, well, until this week, is at 3,253 hits, which I think is, that's why I said the one time, the greatest in my lifetime. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, like I was saying, he was released in his final year. He just wasn't playing well, and I don't know what's happened here. And I doubt he will play on. I I think he's gonna, he's gonna probably retire. I don't know about you guys, but uh, no, I don't think so. I think he keeps playing. You think he's gonna keep playing? Yeah, I think he's just too expensive right now. But after he gets cut from the Angels, I'm pretty sure some somebody will take a flyer on him. No, he's he just like a DH um, hitter though. Yeah, he might play first base. But... He was playing first base, I think. Still, but he was yeah DH. He's gonna have to be in American League and probably do DH. But I his stats have gone down. 
in the last couple of years. So I, his average has gone down quite a bit and so is the power, obviously. Oh, I'm sure the bat speed and all this shit too, the eye hand, the eye hand stuff. I mean, the guy's old. Yeah. He's going to slow down. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think, I personally think he should retire because it's just, to me, it looks, doesn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> look at uh, Big Poppy. He was still contributing at the end of his career and everything like that really, really well. He could have probably came back and did the pool house, but he decided to go out on top. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. He could have definitely gotten paid more and everything like that, but that's what people are going to remember. Like they're going to, they're going to obviously remember Pulos is the best hitter in baseball at, uh, at a couple of points, but they're going to remember his slow ending. Yeah. But I still think like he's definitely nowhere near what he was, but I think, I think once he's got and he's a free agent, I think he'll sign a much cheaper deal. And I, I bet he keeps playing somewhere, even if it's, off the bench or just as a DH, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't think he'll be a. I don't think he'll want to be a bench player. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to wait and see. This week's points and penalties MVP is brought to you by MVP Brewing Company. Try the game changer. Okay, and so our MVP for this week, brought to you by MVP Brewing, and shout out to MVP Brewing, their MVP kickback program to give every child a chance to be the best MVP they can be. MVP Brewing wants to make all sports more accessible and affordable by donating 5% of all sales towards community kids sports organizations. So, for episode 16... Our MVP, brought to you by MVP Brewing, is Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid managed to hit 100 points this week, last night actually, uh, in just the 53rd game of this season. And that puts him on the best point-scoring pace in the NHL since Mario Lemieux's season back in 95-96. The guy is just on a crazy tear right now and is clearly far and away the best player in the league. Now, when you're saying that with regards to Mary Lemieux with the 96 season, this was going into like the 30 goals and 60 assists in a 50 or fewer games played in a season. Not really if there's still like a full complete season if the player only played within regards to 50 or, or less. Gretzky did it nine times. Mario did it five on your 95-96 he did it back to back, and now Connor, which is absolutely amazing to be in line with those two greats. Yeah, anytime you're in a conversation with Mario and Gretz, you're doing something right because they are the cream of the crop. And as we talked about saying, who if he's going to reach a hundred points, I got that right, Kevin. I think you got, I got yeah, that right. You got that right. I don't think I was on the you, show when you were not on it, the but, show, and but I just uh, you I know damn well you would have said he would have done it. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, because he had an average. I think it was like one point eight six points per game, so two points pretty much per game to get there, and he does yeah. it. Fuck, he's averaging a point per period right yeah. now. Right, and that's what was brought up too to the fact that the SE is going to break this because he was doing a point per period. Pretty amazing. So right now. He is, if it was an 82-game season, he would be on pace for 155 points. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. I think the biggest total we've seen in the last 20 years is like 128 or something. Like Kucherov did it a couple of years ago. So he is just playing out of this world right now. So Connor McDavid, MVP, episode 16. Another player who is uh, breaking records, our MVP from last week, Russell Westbrook. He tied Oscar Robertson this week for the most triple doubles in NBA history with 181. He is very much expected to break that record and be the sole record holder probably later this season. Probably. This is another thing that's happening in the in basketball that is just skyrocketing is this triple double stuff. It's just unbelievable how these this in in, in a half one guy did it. In a half. It's just it's another thing that, you know, I don't know. It, it's not it's not easy to do, but it's happening a, like a lot. I would say that's still extremely difficult to do. Like I think there's there's only four players to ever have over a hundred triple doubles in their career. So it's it's Westbrook, Robertson, Magic Johnson, and Jason Kidd. Like LeBron isn't even on that list, although he's sitting at ninety nine, so he'll probably get there. Would you, wouldn't you put Harding in that? No. I'm reading the list. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's good job on Russell Westbrook, Westbrook because I I know I give him shit, but I I always say he's a great athlete, and to me I'm not surprised by this. this is what he's been doing his whole career, but come playoffs, we'll we'll see if he can that's what it matters can, uh, continue yeah. this because it's a different game once playoffs start. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. You can be that uh, regular season player, but when it comes to playoff player. You shut the bed. Do you think he gets a vote for a couple of votes for MVP then? He's not going to win it, but he may get a few. Yeah, he might get a couple of votes. He's, he doesn't have the point production, I don't think, to actually be on that leaderboard. But he's he's carrying the Wizards. <laughs> and, well, him and Beals. Yeah, exactly. Beals. I guess, yeah, but he's – I guess Beal's helping him a little bit here and there. <laughs> uh, he's doing more than that like Beal's in a race right now for the point scoring title this season with Steph Curry like he's right at the top of his game as well, well look at you Peter so yeah but Westbrook it's not the only record he's breaking uh, he became the first player in NBA history to record 50 rebounds and 50 assists over a three game span this week so he is playing out of this world Breaking records all the time. He's got 35 triple doubles now in this season in 61 games. But like you guys said, let's see if he can make some magic happen in the playoffs. This is like video game shit, man. That's that's a lot. (laughs) It's like 16 rebounds a game and 16 assists a game over that three game span. Wow. Holy crap. And he's also, I'm pretty sure he's averaging a triple-double this season. Yeah. For something like the fourth time. He's having a great year. Let's see if he can carry it into the playoffs. Speaking of the playoffs, team that has big playoff aspirations, the 76ers, 
They're on a eight-game winning streak right now, which is their longest streak since a 16-game streak back in 17-18. Embiid's sitting third in the NBA right now with 29.2 points per game and 10 rebounds with 10.8 boards per game. So he's playing well. Dwight Howard just moved into 11th on the all-time rebound list with 14,242. And he's leading the NBA this season in double-doubles off the bench with 11. And he climbs to 10th all-time in double-doubles with 743. So the Sixers are having themselves a wonderful season, and they're firing on all cylinders right now heading into the playoffs, which is exactly the time you you want to be. Yeah, they look scary. They look scary. So we'll see if uh, we'll see if they truly are the team that comes out of the East, and we'll see if they can uh, get themselves close to that championship. What looks scarier this year, the East or the West? I think the East. East is good for sure, but there there's some strong teams in the West. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it, usually the balance is way worse. The West was always the powerhouse with a bunch of really good teams, but this year with uh, Brooklyn and and Bucks and Philly and yeah. Philly, like there, there's a there's a those guys could all take the East. Yeah, there's lots of good teams mm-hmm. this year. Like we saw, we saw a bunch of three-headed monsters get made. It's been a good year. It'll be interesting to see uh, in the playoffs how it shakes out. Well, once they all become healthy, I mean, you got a Lakers hurting team. Well, that's the thing is they're the reigning champs and they they are an injured team right now. So they have no hype right now to what, what I see at least. Yeah. I don't know if they're expected to be healthy by the playoffs or not, but I don't have, I don't have huge expectations for the Lakers this year. I think they're probably not the team that's going to come out of the West. I'd take the Clippers over the Lakers. Yeah. Or the Suns, or there's lots of good teams over there. I was going to do Utah. Yeah. Well, Utah's not too shabby either. Uh, and then we get to the Raptors. They are not one of these teams we're talking about. <laughs> hey, man, they won a championship. <laughs> Who gives a shit? They won a championship. Yeah, they won their championship, and they are not getting another one this year. Nor next, or next. So they're all but mathematically eliminated from the uh, from the plans. They're not going to make it. They went one and three this week. There's four games left to play to close out the season, and they're more or less just getting some of the younger guys some playing time and some reps. See what they have. They're not making the play the play in tournament, and it's a bit of a lost season for the Raps, but. It's all about picks now. I mean, I wouldn't say they're on a rebuild, but they're on a kind of a rebuild. If it's not a rebuild, it's a retool for sure. There you go. That's a better way of putting it, retool. It's, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think they might be in a rebuild. They've looked bad since just before the All-Star break. I don't see Larry wanting to be part of any kind of a rebuild. I mean, if that was the case, he would have been gone. That- I mean, I, he has to come back, man. There's no other reason for this. Because, like, I know that they could have traded him for pretty much nothing, but it's, nothing's better than just letting him walk. Yeah. 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 
it'll be interesting to see if one of you resigns and if they bring in anyone else to, uh, to bolster that lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just wild, man. Like we won it two years ago. Like it's now. Hey, man, just hold on to that because I'm not sure next time the Toronto is ever going to win anything. <laughs> Stanley Cup aspirations, baby. Oh my God! Stop <laughs> it! Don't be doing that. No, I'm doing it. I'm talking right about the Leafs right now. They are 2-0-1 this week in games all against the Canadians, which is likely to be a preview of what the matchup will be in the playoffs. I prefer that one be- than, than Winnipeg. I'd rather play Montreal than Winnipeg. I would too. And I'm not entirely sure if that's the smart choice, but I just want to see a Leafs-Habs playoff series. First time since 1979. And it's not for a cup. It's been, well, yeah, it's been far, far too long. It would be real nice to see uh, Leafs Habs playoff series again. Well, not even again. I wasn't alive ever for a Leafs Habs playoff series, so it'd be nice to see. What it happened in 93. Yeah, that's that fucking high stick got called. Yep. Anyway, anyway, we're not going to go moving there. On. Moving on. <laughs> so the Leafs clinched the North Division. They are the North Division champions, and that's their first division championship since the 1999-2000 season. So the first in over 20 years. Jesus. <laughs> Holy moly, guys. This team has been brutal. <laughs> <laughs> in a rough couple decades, Jesse. In a rough couple decades. Also, oh, yeah. we are in a very difficult division normally. Uh, in the Atlantic, which is what I was, ta- which so. is what I was talking about. Once they get out of the the North, you weren't. I don't think you were here for that. But uh, I no. was saying how all the top point getters are in the North right now. So because no one knows how to play defense up here. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it's more so the you got some generational superstars playing at their uh, at their peak right now. Oh my God, are they ever? And Matthews and McDavid, and they get superstar help in Dreisaitl and Marner. So that's what's driving them to the top of the standings, scoring-wise, in my opinion. And so the Leafs, they got two games left, two meaningless games versus Ottawa and Winnipeg. I don't expect you'll see a lot of the starters playing in those games. That'd probably be a bunch of people getting rested. for, uh, And then uh, basically a bunch of look-ats yeah. for, for next possible season, right? Yeah, exactly. Are they still in the running for the president's trophy? Don't say that. No, 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 no. they don't. They don't want the president's trophy. Well, you like you won't thing. be back here again. You might as well grab it in a year where the divisions no, 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 are no, different. No, 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 no. No one wants the president's trophy. I don't agree with Kev here and the superstition. I would like a president's trophy, but it's not going to happen this year. I don't think they're close enough to catching uh, like Carolina. I think they're going to run away with it. Good. Let them fucking have it. You can put Rhymer in that. Red light Rhymer. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you mean Optimus Rhyme? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think they're getting the President's Trophy. Um, so they're, they're not, they don't care about these two last games. They're just, uh, they clearly didn't care about their last game either against the Canadians, but they still managed to pull out a victory. They were flat the entire game. You could tell they didn't really have a ton of interest in playing. Who was the last President's Trophy winners to win the cup? The only one that pops in my head is Chicago. I don't know. Did Tampa win the President's Trophy the year they won last year? 
sure. I'm going to challenge you on that. <laughs> See, he, he's been doing this for the whole time. <laughs> he's trying to set someone up. <laughs> you, you, I think, Peter, you should look at that one because if Jesse does, you might go bye-bye. I might go what? You might go bye-bye. I mean, he's you might get your, kicked off. Your internet might crap out. Oh, because, well, maybe. Maybe it was just that that video you wanted me to watch. Maybe. Well, you should definitely watch that video. It's pretty fucking funny. Just sent an immediate virus to my computer, probably. <laughs> so as he's looking that up, as he mentioned, there is meaningless games, Ottawa and Winnipeg. But uh, the big thing that I'm happy about the seeing is Anderson is now playing some games with the Marlies. I mean, it's, it's good to see him. Uh, I don't put him as a game one starter. Uh, I do put Campbell as your game one starter. We'll see how Anderson um, does in regards to the next few games that he has with the Marlies there. I hope he does pretty good. So he, I'd like to see him back in the playoffs. Oh, buddy. I mean, Freddie's like, I think it's, it's, it's the goalie we definitely needed for Toronto. We don't know. We no longer have two number twos. We have a number one and the number two goalie, which is awesome. So, Kev, you're right. The Blackhawks were the last team to win the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup. Boston was the President's Trophy winner when Tampa won the Cup last year. There you go. Told right. you he was setting you up. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So, yes, like you guys were saying, it's nice to have a one and two goalie. And it's nice to see Anderson actually getting some playing time. He's getting some playing time with the Marlies, uh, getting his conditioning back. Shaking off that fucking rust. Yeah. It'll be nice to have him as a as the backup once the playoffs start. Because I don't think I don't think any of you guys have him as a starter for game one, would you? No. No, I don't. Yeah. No, me neither. It's Campbell all sure. day. Sure. Yes. I'll take your word for it. But I still want to see him in like I said, I still want to see him in the playoffs. I mean, if if they get through round one, I can see Freddie coming in. But if he does a lackluster game and who knows? I mean, carry on. I think you're, if the goalie that's winning is the goalie who's playing. Yeah. A lot of Stanley Cup champions we've seen in the past have had more than one goaltender start games for them in the playoffs. It's becoming a bit of the new normal for there to be. It's been doing that for years. Like, so, like they just – some guy starts shitting the bed at the beginning and then they switch and they take them the rest of the way. Yeah. For sure, you're seeing it a lot more. It used to be that you had your your guy, and he played all playoffs for you, and he would take it to, to the promised land, like St. Uh, Louis did, right? Like that, the Bennington. Yeah, I think there was one with, oh, maybe not the Stanley Cup, but I just remember like Detroit during the Detroit and Pittsburgh that three years where they were, I think it was three years, or was it just two? Where they won, they won Stanley Cups, and I think it might be three. Yeah, yeah, where they yeah. Went well, back back one of the Detroit goalies ended up like the backup starts started the whole, the rest, rest of the playoffs. It would have been Osgood, wouldn't it? I think it was started with Osgood, and then they moved to the other the backup. It would have been Vernon. Maybe I, like I said, I don't remember, but I, I don't remember the guy's name. But I just remember them switching and then going to the. Stanley Cup. Yep. So anyway, it's good for the Leafs to have Anderson coming back to back up Campbell, and uh, if need be, he'll uh, he'll get some playing time in the playoffs. 
Uh, so Matthews hit 40 goals this week. Took him 49 games, which is a 67 goal pace over a full 82 game season. And he's been jafted again for 50. I mean, the one year he should have done it, and then this year. I'm sure he'll get to 50 in his career, though. I have no doubts. Neither do I. Yeah, so he's playing like like the best damn goal scorer in the league because that's what he is. So that's wonderful to see and going into the playoffs. A couple other uh, minor Leafs notes this week. The Leafs are getting their first dose of the vaccine this week. Uh, now that Ontario is available, vaccines for everyone 18 plus, they got some, they got a shipment of vaccines to to the team doctors to administer to the Is team. it all of Ontario or just um, or just Toronto? I think it's all of Ontario as of like May 10th tomorrow, something mm-hmm. like that. Nice. Good. I can get it now. That's cool. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro, I do have to ask you before we head off to this NHL thing with Toronto. What did you think of that 2 on 0 with Matthews and Marner? I I'm going to I'm going to give you my little thing first. To me this was like no, you shoot the puck. No, I don't want to shoot the puck, bro. You shoot the puck. No, 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 no. Really, you shoot the puck because this would be your fortieth goal. Like fuck you, you mother shits. One of you guys had an open fucking shot to take that, sh- and they didn't. They didn't shoot the goddamn puck. That drove me nuts. And then this Cofield comes back and scores his second, not his first overtime winning goal, his second overtime winning goal of his career. Yeah, unbelievable. That drove me. That drove me squirrely. So, yeah, I think if it was in a game that meant a little more, it would have been more uh, painful, and maybe they would have been more. Uh, I guess had more of a killer instinct and would have probably buried that. Like you got two of the game's best scorers on a two-on-zero, you should <laughs> score. <laughs> oh, buddy, that was like shoot the puck. No, 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 you shoot the puck. Oh my God, someone just shoot yeah. the puck. And and it's too bad because if if you watch that overtime, it was fucking painful oh. to watch because Montreal oh. just did the thing where they they have control of the puck and they sort of skate in over the blue line and ah no I don't like what I see so I'm gonna skate back out to the center yeah. and skate in again and ah no I'm gonna skate back out again. It was just <laughs> it was painful to watch. So when uh, they got that two and all, I said yes they're gonna pay for their fucking making me suffer through this and and the guys. Botched the two on zero, and then they eventually got beat by Caulfield. Yeah, that's ah. what it is. I'm not that worried. It's too bad that they didn't uh, bury that. Well, at least we know when the when the playoff starts. There's no uh, three on three. It's gonna go five on five. Exactly. And if I guarantee you, you can write. There's this a two on zero. Yeah, if there's those, never happened if again. Those two are on a two on zero in the playoffs. The it's puck not, is in the net. That, no. Yeah, I agree with you there. For sure. Last bit of Leafs news. The Leafs signed KHL forward Kirill Semyonov for next season. So they continue what they've been doing with the KHL, signing guys to a one-year deal, which has been working out for them so far. they got guys like Ilya Mikheyev. Uh, they had Alex Barabanov, who's actually doing really well in uh, San Jose right now. He got moved from the Leafs at the deadline. So they just keep on signing KHL guys. Usually works out for him. That brings us to Torts and the Blue Jackets agreeing to part ways at the end of the season. Shocked. 
Do you, see torts? Do you see torts being an NHL coach again? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah? Some, oh, yeah. Somebody Buffalo. Buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> could be Buffalo. Who knows? Could be Seattle. He's, he's, Ooh, he's pretty good at good turning around a franchise, but then he uh... – Would be torts. Oh, I, I honestly don't think I would ever want to play for that guy. As much as, you know, I'd want to just to see how his tutelage is, but I don't think I would ever want to play for him. Because your expectations is just so so much higher than yeah. I think, think I think he's got he can be effective, but I think only short term. He's got a really short shelf life where the players get tired of the message real quick. You know, you get fucking yelled and screamed at for a while, and it, it can boost your game in the short term. But you hear that for three years straight, and it's sort of in one ear and out the other at that point. So what you're saying is, Which, is, is he hypes you up and then it's the same BS over and over again, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I don't think he's that good of a coach, but I think he is pretty good at providing what I'd call a short-term boost to a team that needs a kick in the ass. Yeah. I'd put him as an assistant coach. Just so you can have that kick in the ass all the time because he's not your coach. I doubt he would do that. Yeah, I I just wanted to say like he seems like a guy that like likes having a lot of power and a lot of say in what goes on and everything like that. So him being an assistant doesn't make any sense. Like he would probably get in a fight with the coach over what he's yelling yeah. at at the kids, and the coach is like, just calm down. And he's like, no, I gotta get these guys amped <laughs> up. We gotta get these guys playing better yeah definitely an ego issue there for sure yep. well yeah so i just want to throw out that in episode one of this podcast yours truly threw it a hot take that torts would definitely not outlast line a on the columbus blue jackets and correct correct the mundo that's right might even have been a hot take number one could be. I think your hot take number one was Urban Meyer is never going to be a over 500 coach. Maybe. Same episode. <laughs> don't know. Don't, don't know what yeah, you're probably right. I think, I think we did the NFL first. So you're probably right. Good memory. Well, that one I thought because that, that one I disagreed with, but I completely agreed with this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So other NHL news Ryan Miller retires. Uh, he played his last game, I think, last night. So it's the end of uh, a good career. He's the all-time uh, win leader among U.S. goalies at the end of his career. He's fifth all-time in save percentage with goalies that have played a minimum 700 games. Uh, he won a Vesna. He won an Olympic silver medal because he got uh, scored on by Crosby for the golden goal back in 2010. Yeah. He lost his glove behind the glass. Real good times. Real it good was times. an awesome time. It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, he was the tournament MVP of that uh, Olympics, but he'd never won a Stanley Cup. So do you boys think he is a Hall of Famer? 110%, man. I agree with you. It's, uh, he's been good for a long time, but also, like, no one knows about him because he doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, minus, minus with the Olympics. He didn't go very far in the playoffs, did he? 
Uh, a couple times. With that, uh, I can't remember the coach's name, and that uh, won the coaches of the year that year, and then got fired the following year. <laughs> he made it very well. He, he did well with uh, with Buffalo. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's where I remember him from. But that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he was close a couple times, but he never yeah. uh, never quite made the won the cup. It was yeah. the skate. It was the skate in the crease. No goal. With Brett Hall. No challenge. That was before Ryan Miller. You sure? No, he's challenging you. I honestly, sure. I thought I'm sort of. Confident. I was like, I thought Brett Hall was. Brett Hall was gone. Yeah. He was well. He was the guy who was in the skin in the the crease. I'm not saying that you know Miller wasn't there as a goalie. Exactly what you're saying. I'm saying that that was the last time you know that the Buffalo's ever done any. That no, was Dominic Hasek. Hashik was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes it even again. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. Jesse, what do you think? Hall of Fame? Ryan Miller? I was on, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure. I don't like like he was he, he was a pretty good goalie, but I I'm gonna be the one that's gonna say no, he's not gonna get in there. I'm with you, Kev. I think he's definitely in there. I think he's the best American goalie ever and i think he's had a good enough career that he's he's making the hall of fame cup or not he definitely is a hall of fame yeah okay and last bit of nhl news uh anze kopitar becomes the 91st player to join the 1000 point club getting his thousand point earlier this week uh, which is a hell of a milestone there are some uh, some big names you might not think are in the thousand point club. Guys like Paul Correa, Rocket Richard, never made it to a thousand points. It's a hell of a milestone. Paul Correa never made it, eh? Hmm. Nope. I think he's close. He's at like nine eighty nine or something, something like that. Well, half those games he probably didn't even remember. Yeah, from the Stevens uh, to uh... <laughs> if you want someone who really should be in charge of Department of Player Safety. Yeah, should be Kevin Stevens. That's that's the kind of guy. Well, Paul Correa, I would put in charge. Oh, really, Paul Correa? Because I would put Kevin Stevens. Because then they're going, well, if I would have made a hit like that back in that day, you, know. you mean Scott Stevens? Yeah, Scott Stevens. There you go. He he was yes. the one that was injuring everybody. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would put Paul Correa there, the guy that's fucking <laughs> receiving. Like the, if it was Scott Stevens, like, every every hit would be clean, pretty much. <laughs> No, he wasn't. He wasn't a dirty. He wasn't a dirty. He just. He just little. No, he just. He just hit you and hit you to hurt. No, well, he wasn't dirty for no. the time, but he. He just hit you. Don't kid yourself. He got the elbow up quite a bit when he was throwing uh, throwing hits to people in the trolley tracks. Was that? Well, he was uh, also Eric's Eric's brother. Did he did he fuck him up too? Eric's brother. I think. I think when he played two years in the NHL and he had to quit because of concussions. Lindros, you're talking about? Well, yeah. he smoked Eric's brother, Eric Lindros's I, brother. I don't know. With the island, I remember him smoking Lindros. I was he, he had his head down and got lit up over the. Oh yeah, man! I saw him spin around twice like a pirouette along the fucking blue line. <laughs> I guess he kind of is dirty now. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, Lindros had his fucking head down. He deserved that. Any, any. Yeah. 
big time hitter just sees this per, like a person with their head down, there's drool right. on the side of the th- because they know who you're getting fucked up. But I up. think now and nowadays they they they're they're telling players that you can't go after that. So in now they you have to be careful about going for the head and everything like that. same with the nfl like we used to they used to be have a segment called jacked up or whatever it was and i was an, i used to love watching that but then when i realized people were committing suicide because of these these injuries that they were having so like why so the game evolved so you have to say that it looks kind of dirty but at the time it was just a big hit it, it was just a big hit yeah man it was a fucking big hit yeah uh, when the Korea one, when you saw Korea's eyes roll at the back of his head, I'm thinking, holy fuck, this guy's dead. But then the guy gets up and wins the fucking – scores the, the the game-winning goal. He probably doesn't even remember doing it. Yeah, he should not have been in that game. <laughs> <laughs> no way he should have been in that game. But we're still you know, t- talking about hockey still. We'll go into our under-18 champs. Unbelievable, these kids. Especially this 15-year-old Bernard. Unbelievable kid. I mean, this guy sit there and scores a hat trick on the 8-1 against the Sweden. 15 years old. Playing in, a, in an 18 in an, an under tournament. This guy's just he's the next. He's the next big thing, I think. They ended up winning the gold medal, which they haven't done since 2013, which is like, you know, eight-year drought, but good for them for doing so. They had a five-three win against Russia. I would I would say like a, a dominating win, but won very well. Very nice win. Good for those. Good for these kids. I'm shocked sure. that it was eight years that we hadn't had a gold. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the under 18s. Yeah. Yeah. It's been uh, you've been beat for the past, like you said, eight years in that tournament. It'll be fun to watch these guys in two years at the at the juniors at the end of 20s. Oh, for yeah, man. I mean, uh, I'd love to see this Bernard just sit there and go off on that one too. I mean, I'm not comparing him to like you know any superstar yet, but at 15 years old and popping in hat tricks like they're nothing. It, it's it's unreal. He's the best Connor since Connor. <laughs> so you're go. saying that he's going to be as good as Connor? No, sir. I'm not saying how good this kid's going to be, but from what I watched in this tournament. That this kid is going to be an elite player in the NHL when he goes. Yeah. Probably be the number one pick too in 2023 or four, whenever the fuck he's getting drafted. He's still got a long way away. Yeah, it's, it's 2023 when they say he's, uh, he's going to be in the, the draft. And speaking of, uh, you know, soccer, TFC. We were speaking of soccer. Was into the air again. Yeah. Why not? I mean, we're going from hockey to soccer, and then we're going. Then we're going to go from. Oh, it's okay. You just hold yourselves on the next one after after the TFC. They're in the arrogant round or arrogant round. Um, they have to get at least pop three goals to go into the semifinals. Uh, didn't do so. They they, they were down three one, one in the aggregate. That's right. Thank you, Jesse. But they needed three goals to score. They needed to score three goals to get themselves into the semis, which they didn't do, which they won. They, they lost 1-0, which got them out of the tournament. This is the CONCACAF tournament? That's correct, sir. Yeah. Which I don't think they, you know. Now, is the CONCACAF tournament, uh, is that like North America? 
I think it's all. It definitely includes like Central America. It does include Central America? Yeah, because they have like some other Canadian. Uh, well, the Canadian. I think I. I so yeah, Canada, Canada, U.S., the Caribbean, Mexico, and then I think yeah. uh, Panama is in there and stuff like that as well. So I think it's like to get them to like. I think it's like kind of like the Champions League for North America. Is what it is. Yeah. Kind of. But regardless, I, uh, I wasn't shocked that uh, the TFC did so so horrible. You know, uh, I just think they, they should kind of stick into their own league. But that's just me personally. Well, they're not doing so hot in their own league either. I don't think they've won a game yet in, in the MLS. Ouch. But we uh, we have discussed upon this one yet um, last week as well, but the Kentucky Derby winner <laughs> got disqualified. For uh, for drugs, I think this horse was messing around in the wrong stall, <laughs> or or the or the uh, trainer hanging out in shady stables. <laughs> or, Just the uh, trainer, the horses. Bob Baffert, or Baffert. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, he's been banned now as well with with, with regards to Churchill Downs. You don't see, you're not going to see him there having any horses. That's unfortunate that the guy got stripped of his uh, seventh win. But, but he got he was cheating. So someone's actually yeah, taking man. a stand against cheating. That's right. About <laughs> time. It's, it's going to take horses to do it. But yeah, good good for them. I mean, that person who put two and a half million dollars down now, though, ain't so fucking pretty happy, right? <laughs> so. I wonder if that's how that works. If like all the bets get sort of reevaluated because now the second place horses crown the right. winner. Nah. I mean, yeah. what happens if you won that day? If you put $2.5 million down at a 12 to some odd odds, and now they go, what? You know, give me back my money? Yeah, give, give us back that check. We got to tear <laughs> that thing up. You owe us now. <laughs> yeah, it's right. <laughs> Good fucking luck. I think at that point, it yeah. might be end up being a push. Instead of them losing money, it might be a push. Yeah. yeah. Don't know. So at the end of that there, Jess, who do you have there in your penalty box here, bud? Okay, so we talked about John Means getting a near-perfect no-hitter. He So what happened here was the reason why it was just a no-hitter and not the perfect game, which I believe he deserved, was Pedro Severino missed the ball when John Means threw a strike three on Sam Haggerty, I believe the guy was. They charged him as a wild pitch, which if you go and look at the video, it looks like the catcher got faked out by the pitch. <laughs> like it didn't even look like it, it hit the dirt. Like it, it he, he just it, to me it just looked like he missed it. Just that that's just me, but it went through his legs and Sam Haggerty got to first because the ball went to the the back of the fence and everything like that. He's Sam sit. And then after that, uh, Sam Haggerty tried to steal second, which Severino threw him out. And then they got the other guy out after that. And John means had like 12 strikeouts. And this is the first game ever where it's a no hitter, where there was no hit. Well, obviously uh, no errors uh, and no walks or no hit batters. And I feel like he deserved the, the perfect game here, which hasn't happened since 2012. And it was King Felix uh, with Seattle when he did it, but 
he's in my penalty box for missing that because that's a huge opportunity. And clearly what we've seen this year, no hitters are coming every other week, it seems like, as as Miley did it three days after. Uh, Wayne Miley did it three days after uh, John Means did. And he there was an error on that one by Nick Senzel, but he also walked the batter. So that's why I think he deserves it here. But obviously mistakes happen. It's, I would almost call that an error on the catcher on that, but that's just me. But that's why uh, Pedro Severino is in my box for allowing the perfect game to slip away from John Means. Uh, Kev, Kev, who's in your box? Well, I have uh, Harry Higgs from the uh, Wells Fargo Championship on the 18th hole. <laughs> this guy hit a shot like any one of us would hit. Especially me. But, yeah, I, I have, I've, I've hit those ones too. So I mean, it, it was a pretty bad shot, and this is where I'm like, holy shit! I mean, if I could hit a ball like this in the PGA, I mean, damn, maybe I should be playing. <laughs> but this guy hits the ball, I believe, with a five wood, and it, it veers left instantly, and he screams like as the ball hits, he <laughs> you hear him scream four. Well, does this ball not go into the hospitality tent area and, uh, you know, drops down? He ends up bogeying the hole, which didn't really help him because he, he didn't make the he didn't make the cut. I mean, he's done from today's uh, final round. But the thing that got me the most on this was the uh, O-Dog from uh, Overdrive. I'm going to try and get through this without, you know, ruining it. But this is the funniest thing that I can I can possibly imagine happening. So this ball gets hit, and O-Dog goes, can you imagine being half in the bag in that hospitality tent? <laughs> and just turning the corner and taking one right off the cranium. <laughs> You'd be like, who in the hell hit that shot? I am 100 yards left of the green and 80 yards short. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Harry Higgs, you're in my penalty box, sir, for hitting such a horrible shot. Love it. Who do you have in your penalty box? (laughs) Okay, so my penalty box, I've got George Peros um, for not suspending Tom Wilson after the antics he got on with on Monday against the New York Rangers. So if you missed this, uh, after after the whistle, Tom Wilson got on top of Vishnevich of the Rangers and gave him a shot to the head while he was on the ground. And then Panarin tried to come to the defense of Vishnevich and uh, Wilson proceeded to toss him around like a rag doll, like he bounced his head off the ice. Uh, maybe a couple times. Body slammed him. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just threw him around like a rag. I mean, he's probably like fucking twice his size. So it's not a fair scrum at Looks all. Looks like he weighs like 170 soaking wet. <laughs> exactly. And Panarin's not a fighter, obviously. He's a, he's a scorer. He's a skilled yeah. scoring forward. He's not. He's a, he's a lover, not a fighter. Exactly. 
So that all happens, and you can see Wilson flexing in the penalty box afterwards. <laughs> really? Super <scary. laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a heavyweight take on the on that. What was that straw weight that you were talking about? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. or, or featherweight. I don't care. I pushed around this guy half my size. Look at me. <laughs> but so Peros is in my box because he didn't. He he gave Wilson, I think, a five thousand dollar fine for this incident, uh, which is just a joke. Like even if you suspend the guy for a game or two, this all goes away. But he didn't. And then the Rangers played the Caps again the next night. And what a game that was. And I think that game broke the record for the most fights in the first five minutes with, I think, six fights. Uh, it was just a clown show the entire game. Once he hit the ice, though, Smith from uh, the, the the Rangers just, I mean, attacked him right from behind and just started late the beats into him. I mean, yeah. But granted, I mean, once that guy hit the ice, you knew someone, someone or some ones were going to go after him. So for, for sure. And I think Wilson left that game with uh, a yeah, body injury. injury or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was just, it was a bit of a joke, a bit of a fucking. It looked like a fucking OHL game or something. Just yeah. fights happening everywhere. It was not the right look for the league. And it's all because Peros wouldn't suspend the guy for. A game or two. But looking at this guy's record, October 1st, uh, 2017, boarding, got four games, $97,000 fine. May 1st of 2018, illegal check to the head, three games. And I think that was with what $882,000 fine. September 30th, 18, 14 games that he got with illegal check to the head. March 5th this year, boarding, seven games, $311,000 fine. May 3rd this year, roughing, zero games, $5,000 fine is what we're talking about now. So with this guy being such a repeated uh, offender, just blows my mind in regards to that he is still allowed to sit there and play as an NHL player after doing what he's done. I personally don't think that this guy should be playing anymore because he only does this to teams that he knows that there's no one out there that is going to kick his ass for fucking doing it. This guy needs to give himself a little, a little uh, check here because it, it just irates me to sit there and have this kind of shit going on in the NHL. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if he needs to be banished from the league, but when he gets on with his nonsense and his shenanigans, the league needs to step in and give him a suspension, whether it's significant or not. But you gotta, you gotta hit him. You gotta make him, make his team suffer a little bit, and hit him in the paycheck. He's not gonna get paid for the games he's suspended. Yeah, it doesn't take that much to at least try to correct the fucking stupidity that he gets on with. I'm really kind of shocked that Kev's taking this the side here because usually he's all about the old school, like go out there and no, go the fight. Happened, the go. Happened on that next following game because right at the puck drop, man, there's three fights right off the hip hop. There's like, it was close to a bench brawl. Three, three fights right off the hip hop of the drop of the puck. I'm just shocked, man. Cause that like, to me is redemption. That to me is old school hockey. That's to me. I'm going to, I'm going to pay back to be Well, yeah, they took it. They took but, it. They took it into their did. own hands because the league wasn't. And they did that. That's right. Which, 
That's right. Yeah, that, that's good. And there's going to be quite a bit of suspensions there too, because that cross check to that one uh, Rangers did to I don't know who it was, but I mean, yeah, man, it, it was just an absolute, like you know, I wouldn't say shit show, but it was like redemption in my eyes because I knew that this game was going to be one of those games that you definitely want to put on the calendar because you're definitely going to want to watch because there's definitely going to be some big old fucking knuckle cracks in the face. Well, that's Love that's it. also good TV that people could say. Like, that's going to give a lot of ratings and stuff like that because people are going to... Oh, I'm sure Don Cherry would sit there had some, like, lotions and some towels around him because he was having a happy good day on that game. It's just, it's just funny that you're taking this side on this because... It, it just People it's like completely against what you NHL. usually do. But he does he he should not be in the NHL if this is the way he's going to carry on himself. I, I mean I, I, I wouldn't, don't I don't like this. I don't think he should be out of the NHL like Peter said. Like if you're properly punished, then he may like get in his head that yeah, I can't be the douchebag jock or whatever kind of Going across. But after watching that video, do you do you think that justice was uh, served for just five thousand dollars? No fine. I mean, that's no what suspension. I'm saying. The the league needs to punish him a bit more by suspending him. Here's the thing, man. Like it's the same thing in the NFL. You you can get suspended for a, a couple of games for that, right? And games mean a lot more in the NFL than they do in the NHL because there's so many more games now. For doing, they they haven't really done that in the NFL a whole lot to suspend people like for there's been helmets have been stomped on and everything like that. And Oh, kicks to the helmets. So, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It is what it is. But if you, the, the paycheck is what you want to hit too, but, but $5,000 is not enough. It's not enough. Definitely. It's like a enough. traffic violation yeah. to them. Yep. Yeah. For sure. It's like a fucking $20 fine to, normal paid folks like us so it's uh, uh, okay anyways and did you guys did you guys see that statement that they put out the rangers where they were looking they were looking for um, poros's head exactly so they put out a very strong statement that essentially said that george Poros is unfit to do his job and they he should be removed and the league of course turned around and fined them a quarter million dollars for that statement and they, they now they're saying that the president and the GM was not fired because of this, which I call bullshit. Me too. They just said they, they, the, the team wasn't um, working well with these two guys. So they fired the president and the GM and then brought in an or, a formal, like a, an old hockey player by Chris Jury to take over both roles. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, the... Uh... Dolan made the statement that we're talking about, the owner, James Dolan. And apparently his GM and president didn't necessarily agree with the statement. So they were promptly fired for what they claimed were unrelated reasons, which bullshit. is bullshit. <laughs> it's clearly Dolan taking a fucking bit of an emotional stance and saying, yeah, you're not on board with this. See ya. Yeah, but I agreed with I agreed with that statement. I mean, word for word for what they were saying, I totally agree that this Peros guy should definitely be done or reprimanded upon doing absolutely nothing for for a guy basically bonking somebody's head off the ice with no helmet. Granted, yeah, you still had your fucking gloves on. So what, man? You're still throwing him around like a rag doll. Yeah. Not right. 
And he, Panarin hasn't played since against. No. They said he's done for the remainder of the season, even though they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. But what happens if they were? I mean, you got their, your, your top player done because of some idiot. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Paros is in my box, and I agree with the Rangers. I don't think he's the right guy to be running that. Like I said, it should be somebody like Paul Correa or somebody who was on the receiving end of these kinds of hits and it screwed up their career. It should be probably. Well, wasn't Paros like an old player? Yeah, but he was a good. stuff happen? He, he was a good. He was a good. Yeah. Nice job, NHL. Uh, right. <laughs> Put a yeah. goon in, in there to watch out and suspend. Exactly. You might as well fucking. You might as well uh, secede him with Tom Wilson when he's done his mind career. Yeah, yeah. Or as Kevin said, <laughs> Scott Stevens. Yeah, Why not? Exactly. We just went over that. I know. Yeah. Okay. So this week's scores updates. There were two challenges, me and Kev involved in both and opposite uh, results in both. So we're pretty much all just sitting at zeros on this episode because Kev got me on the President's Trophy, President's Trophy winner. And then uh, I got him back on uh, goalie. Yes, the goalie for the foot in the crease thing. So no changes to our scores for the season. So I'm still up plus four. Jesse's number two at plus one. Kev, you're minus five. And Josh is sitting at minus three. He's not here with us today, though. Well, Josh would be happy that you actually challenged today, though, buddy. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I challenged fucking last time. I was here. I know. I, I, got, I won a challenge off that. I was super happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kev, how was your drink? My Huron Street. Was actually uh, pretty decent. What kind of? Again, he's out of uh, New Hamburg. It's uh, Huffenweisen. 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 I don't know what that I means. I don't either. Sounds German. <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was a good beer. It uh, definitely had its kind of uh, you know citrusy kind of. It was kind of like it. hazy. Yeah, a little. I found bit. the hazies are kind of citrus. But it was pretty decent. I enjoyed it. Jesse, how was your drink? My octopus wants to fight IPA. <laughs> well, it's delicious. Very, very good. It sounds yeah, good. It is, it, is, it is potent, number one, which is always good because the octopus wants to fight. <laughs> it's uh, by Great Lakes Brewery. And I, I've had this beer many times now, and I always enjoy it every single time. And I still got half one left, so I'm pretty excited to finish it. Peter, how was yours? Yeah, my Black Oak Brewing Company Nut Brown Ale was good. It uh, reminds me a lot of the narrow amount of Nut Brown Ace drink back in my BC days. If you haven't had a Nut Brown Ale, which sounds like Jesse, you've nope. had, I don't know about you, Kev. No, I like my nuts. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, give them a try. They're good. They're smooth. They're good tasting. They're... <laughs> Good beer. Good. Is it kind of like a honey brown kind of thing like that? I guess there would there would be no sweet taste to it because yeah, no, it's more of a... just like all the salty. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> hey, salty balls. Come on now. <laughs> it's 
so, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's I've good been working on that one since uh, the beginning. You said it. I was like, "There's a joke in there yeah, with the nut yeah. brown." <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So, for everyone here at Points and Penalties, thanks for listening today. Please subscribe wherever you get your pods, and give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay stay out out of the the penalty penalty box. box.